Hey, I'm Robert Pearson, and this is Follow the Leader. <clears throat> when I sit down on my lunch break, and we do some Bible stuff. Here we go. We are in Ezekiel chapter 18, and we're just going to hit verses uh, 4 and then 19 and 20. The whole chapter uh, fully develops a point, and so you could... You should probably sit down and just read the whole chapter at some point, but I'm going to hit the, uh, the really crux of it in these three verses. Here we go. Ezekiel 8, chapter 18. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father, as well as the soul of the Son, is mine. The soul who sins will die. And then go on to verse 19. Yet you say, why should the Son not bear the punishment for the Father's iniquity when the Son has practiced justice and righteousness and has observed all my statutes and done them, he shall surely live. The person who sins will die. The Son will not bear the punishment for the Father's iniquity, nor will the Father bear the punishment for the Son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. So, to put this in a little bit of a greater context, God is not changing the way things work. He's explaining the way things have always worked. Um, so, he starts the chapter, the whole chapter is just a really good read, but he, uh, the chapter kind of starts where um, God is coming to Ezekiel, and uh, what, is it, what is this, everybody's using an idiom, the fathers eat sour grapes, but the children's teeth are set on edge. I mean, you know, when you read, eat something, something sour, and your teeth kind of like hurt and feel raw almost, so that's what they're talking about, set on edge. Like the, the parents ate something, and the kid's mouth feels weird. Um, and so they're using it to kind of rebuff God for, oh, we're getting punished for what our parents did, and God's like, no, 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 no. you're getting punished for what you did. Uh, your kids get punished for what they did, and if and so the the whole chapter is very explicit, where it says if you've got a a wicked father who has a righteous son, the righteous son's going to be treated on his own merits, and the wicked father's going to be treated on his merits, and vice versa. If you have a righteous father and a wicked son, the wicked son doesn't get covered. Um, so you may be remembering a verse where it says, um, you know, God delivers. Uh, judgment to the third and fourth generation and then shows favor to thousands the implication of generations um, that's showing the favor and mercy of God where when he does punish the children as a matter of consequence think about it if uh, for instance the Israelite you've got one generation of Israelites who are all idolaters and they get taken into captivity as punishment where did all their children go where did all of their children get born? Now, in captivity. That's God's punishment on the parents affecting the children. So your consequences for your negative behavior can affect your kids. You know, your, your kids are going to have some serious father issues if you're a belligerent drunk who abuses them all the time. That's, that's going to be a thing. God's not specifically punishing them for your sin, but your sin negatively affects 
several generations. And then God was also showing favor to those that love me for thousands, thousands of those that love me, thousands of generations um, that love God. If you think about David, how much he messed up in his life, he got a lot right. And God blesses his entire family line down to this is the family line we're going to bring the Messiah that saves earth from, is from David. And all of, all of David's line all the way back to Abraham all have favor because Abraham did a good job. He messed up a lot and then did a pretty good okay job and just hung with it and trusted God. And God honors that all the way down to all of, all of the second chances, all of the breaks he cut for Israel are because Abraham was a solid dude. And you have all of these solid people through the ages that caused that, you know, Israel constantly having second chances and Judah and um, constantly being brought back from exile only to mess up again and go back into exile and, and um, be that cultural yo-yo. So a lot of the complaints in the time of Ezekiel are that God's not being fair, our parents did this and we shouldn't have to suffer, wah, wah. And God says, no, no, hold on now, that's not how I roll. Everyone's treated on their own merit. This is how things go. And so he just is clearly articulating that. So I grabbed a couple of verses that really have that um, as their, their central point. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins will die. Um, and so this is very clearly talking about the, the second death, not just when, when your meat bag stops working, but that, that extra... Uh, secret sauce gods add adds to uh, to make us more than just a meat bag, but you know something truly alive and built in His image. Uh, Nineteen. There we go. So yeah, the righteousness will be on Himself, and the wickedness will be upon the wicked. Uh, wickedness of the wicked will be upon Himself. Um. And so this is just talking about wicked people and righteous people. So, uh, what comes to mind as you read this? And for me, that's just the idea that, yes, while your um, sins negatively affect people around you, negatively affect your children and your parents, uh, ultimately they're on you, and you're responsible for them. And now, once again, this too is, is outside Christ's atoning work on the cross. Um, this is well before Christ comes to uh, save man. That's when you get to, uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly where it's at. Jeremiah, it's somewhere in Jeremiah where he says, uh, a new covenant I make with you. That um, you know, I'll, I will call all nations to myself. They will be my people. I will be their God. That whole um, passage that Jesus directly references in the Last Supper saying, you know, this is the new covenant. Um you don't have to earn it. You don't have to be a good person and earn it through the law because it is never really a good way to do things anyway. But rather, you now have a way um, through the, the grace and redemption that is in Christ and his sacrifice. So there. Yeah. Um, this still works as a solid um, as a solid way to live. When you understand it as something that is sort of uh, alongside of or, or within grace, right? Um, looking at it as more um, societal effects and things. If you 
just because you had a bad family doesn't mean that you now have to be a bad person. Rather, you have that opportunity to change, and God's going to treat you on your own uh, merits. Not that you would earn it, obviously, but that you would you would create a meaningful relationship with Jesus and work hard to change your life and improve it. It's going to be an uphill battle, but you're not trapped. God deals with you as an individual, regardless of how your father or how your son behave. You are one man before you're one God, and that's that's how he deals with stuff. Um, so what's the main idea? I think I've bled into the main idea a little bit, but that's that's the, the solid foundation of this is, you know, God owns every soul and deals with each soul as an individual, and then he also kind of simultaneously deals with a culture at large. Um, when Lot was living in Sodom and Gomorrah, God treated Sodom and Gomorrah as a complete unit. I'm going to punish this town because there is a lot of evil going on here and basically no good going on here. He also dealt with Lot as an individual. He saved him and brought him out of that. And so it's it's both. Humans are individuals and humans are also collectives at times. They function as, as a collective. And you deal with a collective as though it's one kind of giant person. Um, you know, when you go to customer service and you call customer service for like Walmart or whatever, uh, you're in a sense talking to Walmart, that person in a blue vest has a name, they have a life, but they're not answering for themselves. You're not dealing with that person. You're dealing with Walmart as a collective. Um, you obviously should show respect and be kind and considerate and treat them as an individual, as a human that you care about, but for the conversation, the general interaction is Walmart sold me this and then it broke or whatever. And then, so you're, you're having a conversation with a collective that is Walmart, even though you're also dealing with this one person whose name is Sally and you find out that she has two kids as your guys are just talking and you're, you know, just shooting the breeze. Those are, those are the same way that God's talking here where he says, you know, I will, um, punish generations and reward generations and then also the the man who sins is responsible to me he's he deals with individuals you god has a relationship with you also god has a relationship with america with your company with you know your your family as a collective those are those are all things that that god deals with and has relationships with so it doesn't doesn't contradict or anything and the main idea is to emphasize in this area that you have a choice to be good. You have a choice to be righteous or to be wicked. And you get to choose that every day. Are you going to do what you know is right or are you going to do what you know is wrong? Um, and you can't just keep running to that passage in Romans that say, oh, you know, my body wants to do this, but my spirit wants to do this, and wretched man that I am, who shall save me? So he gets down to the end of that and says, who shall save me from sin and death? Oh, Jesus does. Cool. So if you're a Christian now, you have a relationship with Jesus, Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you get to choose now. You can't use that as an excuse. You need to man up, do what's right, don't do what's wrong. You know the wrong stuff to do, you know the right stuff to do. Now you're not going to get that right 100%, and that's not going to earn you into heaven. You get into heaven because you are now an adopted child of God. But it behooves you to work on acting like one, and to get better over time. 
Um, yeah, you're going to mess up. Life happens. You know, it's just like riding a bike. You're going to fall over, you're going to wreck, and you get up and you dust yourself off and you keep going. And just because you've been riding a bike for 35 years, yeah, you get really good at it, it doesn't mean you can't crash when you get cocky or make it slip up or get an accident. You're going to crash less is the goal, but it's still a possibility. And yeah, you could get off your game one day or, you know, a car backs out wrong. You just, life happens, things happen, but you pick yourself up and you keep going. All right. Same thing with choosing rich wickedness or choosing righteousness. Make a constant dis conscious decision. And when you slip up, own it. You know, you can tell your wife, tell God, tell your church, hey, I messed up at XYZ and I'm going to do it better and I'm going to try not to let it happen again. Same thing when your boss catches you goofing off or scrolling your phone at work when you shouldn't be, right? Ah, I'm sorry, I slipped up. You're right. Won't happen again. All right move on okay that's the main idea um so how does the father's sin still affect his children like we like i was talking earlier to give a, a fuller context before just um because you, you pull it out of context it can mislead a little bit so that's the thing um the father's sin has consequences right your your actions have consequences um where you move what you do how you treat people so what does this mean for us right now means for the rest of the day and on in tomorrow and every tomorrow after that, choose to do what's right more than you slip up and choose to do what's wrong. Catch it, own it, and just keep going. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and move into the next day. Try not to let it happen again, okay? But don't use it as an excuse or, oh, I'm struggling right now. No, there's no there's no struggling. You're winning. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And uh, he's already overcome the world. So you're fighting from a position of victory. You're not fighting to win. You're fighting to prove that you've already won. That's all I got. Um, you're awesome. Give me your answer to these questions. The scripture and the questions will be down in the description. And uh, come visit us over at facebook.com forward slash follow to lead. Follow the number two lead. And come talk to me. I will see you next time. Godspeed.